From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the Thursday edition, where we are still the new definition of color commentary. Yes, I am still your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. And my goodness, folks, apparently... The whole sort of aftermath of the Trump arraignment and indictment in New York on Tuesday still continues. But before I get into the real heart and the meat of all of that, uh, as always, just reminding you to, if you want to send us questions, comments, shout-outs, you can reach us at inblackandright at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, inblackandright.net. Well, apparently, Congress has started to get its act together. To, earlier today, House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan has sent a subpoena for a gentleman named Mark Pomerantz, who used to work in the Manhattan DA's office and had resigned from the office last year because the, the, the district attorney uh, was initially reluctant to pursue the Trump case. And apparently there were other uh, people in Bragg's office who, who resigned as well. So this is pretty interesting uh, that you have these district attorneys or assistant district attorneys who wanted to go after Trump, but the district attorney was very hesitant, and I really wonder why he was hesitant. But apparently we now know, and we're hearing from more than one source, that the left and all these apparent legal people on the left are so upset with Alvin Bragg's indictment because they've been highly critical of it. Highly, highly critical. Uh, and to the point where they're wondering why the heck he even went through it in the per- first place because he makes himself now look like an absolute fool. Not that that was really that hard, but still. You now have, uh, finally, Congress is getting involved in this uh, because apparently with Alvin Bragg's abysmal press conference on Tuesday after the arraignment, There are parts of this case that now come under congressional jurisdiction, namely federal funds that were used for the investigation and getting a guy from the Biden's DOJ, uh, Matthew Colangelo, and we already talked about him yesterday with a little help from Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project. So you've got that going on. Now, what's even crazier... Just to add insult to injury, the chairman today of the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission, has said that the Trump Stormy Daniels case was not a campaign finance violation. 
headline in the Washington Examiner today. I'm like, holy cow, folks. <laughs> this is even crazier. So the the FEC chairman, a guy named James Trainer, uh, said, and I quote from the Washington Examiner piece, it's not a campaign finance violation. It's not a reporting violation of any kind. Now, you've got the, FE, the commissioner of the uh, Federal Elections Commission absolutely uh, being contrary to Bragg's claim that there was some type of uh, violation of federal campaign law, finance law. And the FEC chairman says, no, there wasn't. Nope, nope, nope. So that's really crazy right there. Uh, Alvin Bragg's case is falling apart uh, especially after he's trying to make it. He's not going to get much of anywhere when you have all of these way out and left field legal folks who are absolutely hating this because it has it, it's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese and it's not going to stick. So somehow they must be hoping that the Fulton County District Attorney down in Georgia uh, that they have a case, which they don't, because it doesn't violate any law, uh, especially uh, it's allowed by the 1887 uh, Electoral Count Act. So, yeah, it, and then, of course, comes the granddaddy of them all, uh, this Jack Smith, the special counsel, uh, Merrick Garland's new attack dog, going after the president, uh, President Trump, for... Uh, <laughs> uh, for having records that he is allowed to have under the Presidential Records Act, and there is no punitive, there's no punitive part of it, none. So they might think that, oh well, he did this and he obstructed and blah blah blah. It's like no, there is no punitive component to the Presidential Records Act. There's none. So, here you have these three cases that look like a whole bunch of nothing burgers, all with fries. So, I don't know what they're hoping for. I mean, they're going to do everything they can to try to stop him. But, I, I don't believe it's going to work. These are three very wimpy cases based on false premises and legal theories that would leave any half-decent lawyer scratching their head. So, uh, and, and I'm not an attorney, so, but still, this thing has got all kinds of problems. Now, let's see, so there's that, but also, some th one story that did tend to get passed over uh, the last couple of days was the Wisconsin... Elector, special election for, uh, for the Supreme Court. And it was a, an abysmal loss for the conservative Republicans. And I'll tell you, there was no help, hardly at all, from Ronald McDaniel, the RNC, and others. So... Uh, before I really get into that, I'm, I basically wanted to let John Fed Fredericks of Outside the Beltway, radio talk show host, 
And he knows a lot of this stuff, a lot of the sort of inside baseball. But his, uh, his commentary on Steve Bannon's war room about the race and how badly, and I mean badly, the Republicans screwed this up, the RNC, because Wisconsin is a state that has to be won in 2024, and if you're going to do any kind of litigation afterwards about the cheating and this and that, you now have a Supreme Court that's a state Supreme Court that is not friendly to you. It's 4-3 liberal instead of 4-3 conservative majority. But I'm going to let John Fredericks tell you why this whole mess in Wisconsin could prove very disastrous in 2024. If you look at what happened in Wisconsin on Tuesday, we got to get our head out of the sand. This is the biggest disaster you can imagine. And nobody even has any idea what the hell happened. We got beat by 10 points in a judgeship by an activist, communist, left-wing judge who outspent the Republican, Dan Kelly, 14 million to 3 million, whitewashed him by 10 points. This was a blowout. They went in to Tuesday down, get this, you gotta get this. They went in down by 150,000 votes at 7 a.m. when the polls opened on Tuesday. You can't freaking win. This guy was abandoned by everybody. Where was Ronna McDaniel? Nowhere to be found. Where was the RNC? Well, I guess it was a spa day that day. Where was Reince Priebus? Where was Scott Walker? Where was anybody? They abandoned this guy. Now Ronna comes on and she says, oh, the messaging was bad. Well, where the hell were you? You're supposed to help with the messaging. Isn't that your job? When we went to Dana Point and opposed her, I told you this was going to happen. They have no infrastructure. They have no plan. Here's the problem. Here's what the Democrats have done. And they showed you in Wisconsin right up in your grill. They have a system for getting ballots. An early vote system, a mail-in system, a ballot box system. They have a system of getting votes in early. And it is getting better. Each cycle, it gets better. They've got the NGOs. They've got the nonprofits. They have figured this out. We have nothing. Then what happens on game day, that's when our people vote. Well, we're not getting our people out, and we're not getting the majority. Why? Because we're chasing down high-propensity voters on game day because we spent two years telling people not to vote early. Dumbest thing we ever did. Now we're stuck with it. The Democrats are spending $200 a pop going after low-propensity voters on game day because their high-propensity voters already voted. So and, and they get all this money, and we're doing nothing. There's no infrastructure. There's no plan. This is a complete and utter disaster. What this did is it narrowed the path for Trump to 270. It now makes it tougher. That's why they put $14 million in it. Obama was there. Clinton was there. Schumer was there. All the big Democrats were there. No Republicans were there. Nobody. Nothing. Abandoned. Again. Because we just have no plan. This lady... Janet Prostakowicz, who's a communist, campaigned for a judgeship, Steve, like she was running for U.S. Senate. It was all activism. 
I'm going to let you get abortions on demand. I'm going to let the transgenders in, this, in the schools. I'm going to get the parents out. I'm going to change the maps. The other guy, Dan Kelly, nice enough guy, well, he campaigned the old way. I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm going to follow the Constitution. The Democrats and the communists have taken this thing over, and they understand how to get their base out. We're still trying to vote on game day. The, our, the Republican Party of Wisconsin baked on their website. They baked people to vote early. We wouldn't do it. And then we don't get the turnout. We can't figure out why we're getting beat. This person, this was supposed to be a toss-up. They got beat by 10 points. You can't go into election day down in a special election by 150,000 votes. That's like my son going into pitch tomorrow and you spot the other team 10 in the first inning. You can't win. We had we had Rachel Maddow on, I think, in a clip in the cold open that talked about the reason they focus on this. This was the one place that it went to the state Supreme Court about the uh, all the stealing, all the illegal ballots. And quite frankly, a Republican justice voted against it, lost 4-3. But the minority opinion lays out exactly how they stole the election, lays it out. That's where they had to take, that's where they, they moved heaven and earth. It's just not about abortion. It's not about uh, voter, you know, the voter ID. It's not about the redistricting. All that. Those are all important. Don't, don't get me wrong. And they led with abortion. But they understand, we talk about the narrow path. There, I, I just don't see a path. Look, the economy's collapsing. So, so you know, we're, we're, we're in the third world war starting. So everything's up in the air. But just looking at the cold logic of this, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, you got to take. You can't count on Michigan. You can't count on Pennsylvania because of that. You can't. You get, those three are must-haves. You don't must-have those, you're not back in the White House. If, am, I, am I incorrect on that, John Fredericks? No, listen. we got three states we have to win or there's no pathway. And the Democrats knew this, and they figured it out. And we did nothing, and we have no infrastructure. I mean, this is what people got to wake up and realize, right? And, it's, it, you know, you can, you can go and look. They, they, they're stealing elections, no question about it. But in order to compete, you got to have an infra, infrastructure. We don't have one. Nobody's bothered to build one. Two years later, we don't have what they have. They're getting better. We're getting worse. Oh, yeah, folks. Oh, my, 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 my. This is potentially disastrous. Now, I know a lot of people right now I mean, they've got the polls out right now. Trump has a big lead over Biden. Uh, but when you have stuff like this happen in states like the mess in Arizona, now this mess in Wisconsin and Georgia, I'm like, holy cow, folks. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Ay, 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 ay. Ugh. You can have all the anger in the world, but the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, you are to blame for this. This is ridiculous. You know dang good and well you've got people in a lot of these states, a lot of these Democrats, they are ripping, they're stealing elections right and left. If you don't, if you weren't paying attention, Arizona was the latest mess before uh, Wisconsin and the uh, special election for the Supreme Court judge. So, the 
the ineptitude of people like Ronna McDaniel and everybody else. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? This doesn't give me a whole lot of hope. Sadly, it doesn't, and it really doesn't give me any confidence at all of the GOP, be it on the state level or the RNC level. I mean, we already had enough problems here in Florida with uh, uh, the, um, the former uh, head of the Florida GOP who wanted to vote for Ronald McDaniel and change the rules so he could do it. So, no. This does, if this keeps up, I'm not going to have much choice but to just simply say, I'm done with the GOP. I'm done. I'm sick of the Keystone Cops. I'm sick of the incompetence of these people. They're not going to fight for Trump. They're not going to fight for him. I promise you that at the rate this is going, Ronna McDaniel is going to leave Trump throw him under the bus. They won't help him. They have no infrastructure. They have no plan. They're not going to do what it takes to get Trump back in office because a lot of these establishment types are the type of people who voted for Ronna McDaniel in another term after all of her unbelievably epic failures in 2022, 2020, and 2018. And now there she's going to have another crack at it in 2024? Oh, hell no. If that's the case, then frankly, I really have no reason to support the GOP on any level. Because if this is what they're going to do on the state level, on the RNC level, the federal level, no. I want nothing to do with it. I want absolutely nothing to do with it. And I will not support any candidate unless I support them directly and they actually have some steel in their spine. And that's on the local level, the state level for legislatures, and even for Congress. Because I'm done. I'm so sick of seeing this. And this is just one more prime example of why the RNC is essentially a bunch of doofuses and nothing has changed. Now, Ronna McDaniel can complain all she wants, she can make all the excuses she wants, but it's still the ball is in her court and the buck stops at her desk. No help from any major names, Republican names in Wisconsin. No Reince Priebus, no Scott Walker. I mean, hell, not even Paul Ryan. But he's, he's a mess anyway. So yeah, this is why it's, it's warfare. It's major warfare, and now you have to fight your own troops just to get something halfway done. Oh, I know, I never thought I'd hear myself saying this, but I am, the only person I trust in the entire Republican Party is Donald Trump. Because Trump and his team are the only things that I can, the only people I can think of who can help straighten this mess. Now, of course, uh, just uh, earlier today, Robert Kennedy Jr. 
has actually thrown his hat in the ring uh, to go against Biden in 2024. Now, Robert Kennedy Jr. is the son of Bobby Kennedy, who was running for the presidency for the Democrats in 1968 when he was assassinated in Los Angeles by Sirhan Sirhan. Now, the interesting part about uh, Robert Jr. is he is not exactly, uh, uh, he's not thrilled with the Biden administration and the deep state, and they're not too particularly thrilled about him because of the book he wrote about Dr. Fauci and pretty much nailed him. Oh, man, I mean, nailed him to the wall about all the things he did with the vaccines, with COVID, the backroom dealings uh, that uh, Fauci did uh, with the Equal Alliance or Equal Health Alliance and the whole business with funding gain-of-function research with the Wuhan lab. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that works. It's really going to be interesting to see how much traction that someone like uh, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. I mean, it's the Kennedy dynasty. I mean, between President Kennedy, John Kennedy, and Ted Kennedy. It's going to be interesting to see how he, uh, how Robert Kennedy Jr. fares uh, in the primaries, even though he's not going to be able to raise a whole lot of money uh, because all of the wackadoodle uh, leftist types don't like the fact that Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. was severe, seriously anti-vax, and that was that doesn't go that did not go over well uh, with a lot of these elitists who thought. They were all that in a bag of chips with the mandates for masks, for vaccines. It's like, no, that, I don't think he's going to do all that well. But it'll be interesting to see what he can do because right now there's a lot of, it's going to be a conundrum for a lot of these elitist leftists. They know Biden is not running on all cylinders. They know that. They would just as soon try to get rid of him. But, of course, what do you get in exchange for getting rid of him? You get Kamala word salad with extra ranch Harris. And believe you me, that's not going to be fun at all because in many respects, she's worse than Biden is. So this is going to be a real interesting uh little Democrat primary. I mean, of course, Marianne Williamson, uh, you know, sort of like the New Age self-help guru, she's in, but she's not going to get much uh, attention or not, maybe not even in get into the debates next year for the primary. So this is going to be an interesting one to be sure, but the RNC, I wouldn't trust these people as far as I could throw them. And Ronham and Ronna uh, Romney McDaniel is at the head of the list. I mean, has she been talking to her uncle lately? Hmm? Her uncle, who is major, is in Major League Hot Water with the Utah GOP? 
Mm. I have a feeling we need to spend more time looking at those in our camp rather than the other camp because the folks in our camp who are supposed to be on our side, I don't think they really have the best interest of America and Americans, especially if they're MAGA, in mind. I don't really think so. It's almost like Trump has to have his own national organization, state by state, because I don't believe he can trust the RNC. I don't believe he can. Especially after we see disasters like this in Wisconsin, when the Republican got beat by 10 points, man, that was pretty much a landslide. So who knows what this is going to happen. What this is going to do. But oh mercy. Ah, but one last little thing that really has me interest. That's really kind of interesting to me. Now, Caitlin slash Bruce Jenner is starting a political action committee to oppose racial and gender ideology and biological men in women's sports. Now, that's pretty interesting that you, uh, that this would happen, because Jenner, uh, when Caitlin was Bruce, uh, won the 76th Olympic decathlon, and now Caitlin is pretty much running, she wanted to become, uh, she ran as a gubernatorial candidate in California as a Republican, and has now started uh, this new pack. Uh, fighting for uh, fairness in women's sports. Uh, and it was really interesting in the uh, story here that I'm looking at, and a quote from Jenner, uh, from the bottom, from the top of the ballot on down, this is what we will fight for. The 73-year-old Jenner said in announcing the pack back on Twitter. We will, con and quoting again, we will continue all aspects of protecting women in sports and put our parents back in charge of their child's education. Now, this is going to really mess up the alphabet folks because we hear all this stuff about trans day of visibility, trans day of vengeance, trans this, trans that, trans, trans, trans. Boring. It's not helping because there are still going to be people, uh, female athletes especially, who are not going to want biological men competing in their sports. Be it basketball, softball, swimming, you name it. Any biological male attempting to play women's sports is going to have a distinct advantage. And that does not promote anything as far as fairness. And frankly, where are the feminists? Hmm? Where are the feminists on this? Why haven't they come out? You know, they want to talk about equality for women, but when it comes to this, they've gone dead silent. Absolutely dead silent. So, yeah, this is going to be really interesting to see how this pack works, considering uh, who's running it, and what, what is it going to be? Is it going to be 
the LGBT crowd versus the feminists or whatever, but <laughs> but Jenner is going to have a heck of a hard time because this is going to be like me as a black American embracing uh, conservatism. This is not going to go well because it goes against the false narrative that's been out there for, God, decades. I mean, I've had to deal with it. You know, it's like because I take uh, a conservative stance and embrace conservative ideology, then, of course, I get all the names. You know, Oreo, to Uncle Tom, all that. Boring. I mean, I expect that. So, Jenner, you're going to have to be ready because there's going to be all kinds of groups who are going to call you some type of a traitor or whatever names that they might come up with. So, I mean, I wish, uh, I wish Jenner well, but this is going to be real interesting to see how this works, to see what's going to happen when the LGBT community finds out about this and they, are they going to be okay with it? Well, I mean, I don't think they're going to be okay with it, but still, what are they going to call people uh, like Caitlyn Jenner? I don't know. But it's going to be fascinating to watch. Oh, with that in mind, my friends, I'm going to call it a day. Uh, just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. If you want to uh, find out uh, where you can find us, you can go on any podcast platform. Just type in In Black and Right, and you can find us anywhere. Just simply follow and maybe put on the little, uh, the little bell to get notified when we upload episodes. We're also on several different social media platforms, including Twitter, uh, Truth Social, Getter, Parler, uh, Instagram, and True Patriot Network. So we're, you can find us in an awful lot of places. So with that in mind and getting ready for the Good Friday edition of WTF Friday tomorrow, God bless everybody, take care of yourselves, and always remember that patriots come in all colors. <laughs>